What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Got a lot to talk about today as some things are developing with the Razorback football roster as we look ahead to 2024 spring drills starting probably March 7th. That's not confirmed yet, but looking like around March 7th. Of course, we're going to talk to Danny West about the latest in recruiting. There's a junior day coming up. Some recent offers have gone out, and you know we got to talk about this basketball team. Keith Grayson going to join us as well. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. All right, before we get started, of course, I want to mention there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on YouTube where we are streaming live. Hit the hit the subscribe button and make sure to um, set it to where you're alerted anytime there are new videos. Uh, I, I think it's a different deal. I don't think you just hit the bell anymore, so I think you just have to set it when you subscribe to alert you. Also available on Facebook Live. Be one of 90,000 Razorback fans to follow us on Facebook Live. Certainly love to have you over there. We put all out all of our free content uh, from Hog Sports. Of course, Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month if you want the in-depth VIP coverage uh, at Hog Sports. And, of course, Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review if you haven't done so already. Let's see what Eric Musselman had to say after the game last night. 78-77, thrilling win over the Texas A&M Aggies. Coach, you talked about the eagerness of the starters that you put out there, but you know, 12 minutes in, you're up 20 points. I'm curious. So what's going through your mind when you're when you're up twenty on those guys? Where has this been? No, I mean, look, we we have. I mean, we led the whole game. You know, again, give them credit; they led for six seconds. But but for us, forget you know Texas A and it. We needed to lead from start to finish in a game. Um, when you when you lose like we have of late, um, you know your confidence can get you know, shaking. And, and I mean, all over the locker room, there's probably 40 signs in there that say, you know, bring your swagger back. I mean, when we played Duke, we had swagger. We thought we were going to win the game. I know it's an exhibition game. I know nobody wants to hear it. I'm going to say it, even though nobody wants to hear it. We had swagger when we, when we played Purdue. Um, and we need that back. And the only way to truly, truly get it back is to play well. And I, I thought we played great in the first half. I really did. I thought we came out of the out of the jump ball with a team that looked like we you know, we had to win the game which <laughs> we had to win this game man it was incredible how that game developed i mean arkansas with 801 to go in the first half led by 20 points led by 20 points actually twice i think somewhere around 6 minute mark also led by 20 uh, Texas A&M got it down. I think Arkansas went to half uh, up 12 or 14, and then it was a battle uh, the whole second half. Arkansas never could really separate. Texas A&M just kept chipping away at the lead. Uh, how about how about uh, Tremont Mark, who's over here featured here uh, in the featured photo? Tremont Mark, 35 points, 8 of 15, 2 of 3 from downtown, 17 of 22 from the free throw line. Arkansas shot 43 free throws. There was 73 free throws in the game. Uh, For a late-night game, 8 o'clock, this one ended almost 11. This is almost a three-hour game, which is just ridiculous. So many fouls called in this one. And, uh, you know, on the other side of it, you had uh, Wade Taylor, the fourth, with 41 points for Texas A&M. I mean, just watching those two guys go at it back and forth, back and forth was uh, just a sight to see. And, of course, you know, Mark, at the end of the game, 
kind of put themselves in a bad position, kind of put Arkansas in a bad position, missing uh, the second of two free throws that just gave Arkansas a two-point lead. That was with like 14 seconds left and 7.8 seconds left. Uh, Wade Taylor goes the other end from the top of the key, kind of an off-balance three and sinks it and gives them a one-point lead. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, is this really how this is going to end? And, you know, it was interesting how Buzz Williams and Texas A&M handled things that last 7.8 seconds because you had Tremont Mark going coast-to-coast, pulling up uh, for kind of a – I don't know if you'd say it's off balance, but I can't even remember. Did it go? Did it go off the glass? I, I don't think it did. Uh, but obviously, sunk it with 1.1 seconds left, and Texas A&M couldn't get the inbounds in, and and Arkansas wins the game, 78-77. Uh, I just thought, and, and that was the most that that Mark has had in his Arkansas career. It's his only his second game winner on the collegiate level. He also had a half court shot uh, when uh, he was at Houston when he was uh, playing when they were playing Memphis, but. Uh, 35 points. He had 34 against uh, North Carolina back in November when he was hurt. Remember, he missed the Duke game because of that. Uh, I guess it was a back injury, but missed the Duke game. But had 34 points in that one before he got hurt, and then um, 35 in this one. But Wade Taylor was incredible, 41 points for Texas A&M. Uh, L. Ellis also 15 points. It was nice to see him get back. I thought it was interesting. I mean, you look at, you look at the last game against Florida, and the stars of the game are Layden Blocker, who played – like one minute in this one, and Joseph Pinion, who didn't play at all. But that's also important. You know, I think Blocker's going to be a really good player for him. I'd like to see him have a bigger role than he has. Uh, but for this team to be a tournament team, to you know, to take the next step, you got to have guys that were like, you know, goose egg in, in the Florida game to really be your players for you. I mean, your best players, you know, Tremont Mark obviously showed up in that one, but you know, L. Ellis has got to show up. Uh, Devo has to show up, and Devo only had seven points in 33 minutes. Had an interesting game. Got ejected with a flagrant two. Um, you know, Trevon Brazil obviously has got to be a stud for you. Trevon Brazil in the latest 24/7 Sports mock draft I saw, he's still projected to go tenth overall, um, but hasn't had the season that we thought. You know, Keon Minifield, that game, that guy scored 32 points a few games ago, and then 14 the next, and then zero, then zero, and then three in this one. Um, you know, and fouled – well, it had four fouls in like nine minutes of action. So, um, you know, Jalen Graham, obviously, Makai Mitchell. You know, Jalen Graham played three minutes. Makai played four. It's interesting. And, and and Jeremiah Davenport has been playing really well in the time that he's got – you know, when he came in initially, he's had like – he had like seven points in two minutes or something like that. I mean, just like really came in, was kind of a microwave for him. So, They've got to get certain guys going, but it was great to see Arkansas win. It looked like they were going to squander it. I mean, they shot over 50% in the first half. What did they shoot in the second half? First half, well, I'm not sure. They shot like barely over 50%. At one point early in the game, I and mean, they obviously jumped out to a 20-point lead. They were on fire. But in the second half, um, they shot just 24%, 6 of 25. So it's amazing how the two halves went for both teams. Um, Texas A&M is obviously an incredible offensive rebounding team. Out-rebounded Arkansas, 47-35. to 35. Arkansas did pretty well at the end. It started off strong rebounding and, and finished pretty well rebounding also. So, all right. I know everybody saw the game. Arkansas next is South Carolina, noon, SEC Network, Bud Walton Arena, Saturday, January 20th. So, that game's coming up. Can Arkansas put two and two together, two games together? And also, I mean, you know, Arkansas lost 76-66 to Georgia. South Carolina just lost at home to Georgia last night also. They played a late game. 
So both teams get a little bit of extra with it being a Tuesday game. All right, let's get into this because I think this is important with Razorback football roster. I know that's why, you know, the headline, obviously, a lot of reason people tuned in. We're going to have some, hopefully some more stuff confirmed tomorrow on some players. And you could, you know, if you wanted to go to the Razor's Edge, you could read what we're talking about right now on uh, hogsports.com. Again, it's just $1 for your first month at hawgsports.com. But what we do know right now, some of the latest news, Quincy McAdoo, according to sources, is going to be taking a medical hardship. Now, what that means is his football playing days at Arkansas are over. Okay, and it's unfortunate. He had that uh, serious car accident back in May. This is kind of burying the lead because I probably should have led with all this stuff, but had to talk about Arkansas basketball. But really unfortunate for Quincy McAdoo. Um, had that serious car accident uh, in May and missed all of last season. We were wondering, you know, not only would he be back to football, but would he be back to full health after all that. But so what a medical hardship means is the player – can still remain on scholarship, so that means they get their academics and school paid for, they get the free ride. However, their football playing days at Arkansas are done, and they, at the same time, don't count against the 85 maximum allowable scholarship players, uh, according to the NCAA. So, McAdoo, now, later on down the road, say McAdoo gets healthy, he's still got some eligibility left. You know, that's, that, that starts when you enter college is when you're, you know, no matter if you're playing sports or not, the day you start college, that's when your clock starts. So, say down the road he gets healthy. He could enter the transfer portal and play somewhere else. He cannot play at Arkansas anymore. Okay, so Quincy McAdoo going on medical hardship – Eli Henderson also going on medical hardship. Okay, he's the uh, red, he'd be a redshirt sophomore center coming up this season. He's not played any snaps the last two years. He was banged up a good bit to start the year. I do have another source tell me that it's possible he could remain with the program in some kind of capacity. I don't know if that means a graduate assistant or something like that, but he could potentially remain with the program. Uh, we already knew that Terry Wells is going to take a medical hardship. Terry Wells announced that on Twitter. Uh, so he's no longer uh, going to count against the 85, and his playing days are also over. Terry Wells, he's only played one game, I believe it was Georgia State, his freshman year back in 2021, and didn't play at all last year or the year before that, and has just had injuries. The year before that, I know it was a back injury. I'm not sure what the injury was this past year, but uh, obviously um, did not play at all last year. And so those are the three that are taking medicals. Cole Carson is also graduating early. Cole Carson, like Terry Wells, would be a redshirt junior next year. But Cole Carson is graduating early and is not expected to be with the team in 2024 either. And so, yeah, some important news there with the Razorback roster. Uh, Carson has not played either. He's not played a snap at Arkansas uh, during his time. Kind of been, you know, I guess like a third-team guard uh, during his time there. So we've got some other things uh, that we hope to have out officially tomorrow. And, um, you know, you can read what we're talking about on the Razor's Edge. Most of it's regarding super seniors and stuff like that. Getting the roster down to a manageable number. Now, it's important to remember they've got some guys that aren't enrolling early. So they've got a little wiggle room. So, like, I think maybe four guys or something maybe not be enrolling early. We'll talk to Danny about that to get that official number. But so if they had 85 guys in the spring – you know, they still have some time to get that adjusted before the summer arrives and the other players arrive. They just can't have more than 85 on scholarship at one time. So they could technically be planning on like 89 guys, which they're not, but they could technically be, you know, if the number's four uh, of late enrollees and, you know, wiggle room that a little bit better later. So that's kind of how that works. 
transfers in and transfers out right now, I've got Arkansas with 13 incoming transfers and 17 scholarship transfers outgoing. There's a few more, I think four more, that have announced that they're entering the transfer portal who are walk-ons like Blake Ford, the kicker, uh, Khalil Geralt, wide receiver. So, uh, But 17 scholarship players outgoing, 13 incoming. That's not as much as it was last year. We know that uh, you know they'd obviously like to bring in one, two more offensive linemen. I think they need another defensive tackle. Uh, I think that they could use uh, a veteran linebacker you know, probably those spots would be the main ones that I would say, you know, you need to need to consider adding uh, some numbers there. Technically right now, pending on some stuff that we've got in the works right now, again, you can read about that on the Razor's Edge. That's our premium forum on Hog Sports, one of the most active forums in the entire country. Uh, but pending on things right now, until those things happen, I guess, uh, got Arkansas at 87 total scholarship players right now. Obviously, the maximum is 85. Still some things in the works. Should have more officially on that tomorrow. Today, by the way, if anybody's wondering, it is Wednesday, January 17th at 1.48 p.m. All right. Feel good about it? All right. Let's hop over to Danny West. I know you're following Danny West. Danny West is almost at 50,000 uh, followers on X. So if you haven't followed him, you can at Danny West 24-7 on X. Provides a ton of great information, especially when it comes to the realm of recruiting. But really, Danny Danny provides a lot of great inside information on, on all the sports, especially everything Razorback football. Danny, my man, how's it going? What's happening? Well, it's warming up a little bit. I think we got a high of 37 today. That'll work. Yeah. That's a heat wave. Hey, first of all, it's an honor to be speaking to the Arkansas Sports Writer of the Year for 2023. So, congrats on that. Oh, thanks, Danny. I really appreciate that. It's uh, it's nice to be recognized. Nice to know people enjoy my stuff. And uh, I think I'm probably going to go to the uh, the award ceremony in Winston Salem. Uh, I think. Yeah, I don't blame June. you. Maybe make a little vacation around that. I've heard good things about how they treat you. But certainly, thank you to. Uh, uh, the NSMA, National Sports uh, Media Association, for uh, naming me Sports Writer of the Year. And congratulations to uh, Matt Zimmerman, also Sportscaster, yeah, Sportscaster of the Year for Arkansas. So um, nice to be nice to be recognized. Appreciate that, Danny. Nice feather in the cap for the website, too. I take all yeah. these victories as, as victories for the website. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, it's all for, – for me and you, I know, Danny, it's all about – it's all about hog sports and how we do things, how we cover things as a team for our membership. And ultimately, you know, it's all about the Razorbacks for us. I mean, that's, that's where we want the news and the focus on. And, uh, you know, some, some interesting news, obviously. I, I, you're probably listening. I know we've talked about just some of the, uh, the news with the roster, with some of the guys taking medical red shirts. Certainly hate that for Quincy McAdoo. Um, I know you probably want to say something on, on Quincy especially. Um, but uh, – we're also got to look ahead to uh, to the future of the Razorback roster. Yeah, with with Quincy, man, obviously you hate it, you know. Um, I never really got to know him all that great, but he was always super nice to me. Uh, when I did need something, he would always get back to me. Just really nice kid. And obviously, man, you think back, <clears throat> it's pretty crazy to, to see how quickly he rose over yes. there. You don't see that very often. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the year, you got a true freshman, who didn't go through spring ball, by the way, shows up, he's playing wide receiver, and one day they're like, hey, you give it a shot. And instantly, he's their best corner. Yep. 
Like that that dude was and, Two interceptions. And who knows, yeah. man? Who knows? Maybe he's not done. Maybe there's a way he can he can work back and I'm pulling for him. You see the, the mm-hmm. clips of him working out and pictures and stuff. So man, I'm pulling for the guy. Um uh, however, you know, whatever route he needs to take. But, boy, I hated that. Yeah, it was a tough one. That was back in May uh, when he had that accident on I-49. And, uh, you know, certainly keeping him in our thoughts and prayers and and wishing him the best. We'll follow him wherever he goes. If if he does get back and, you know, obviously his Razorback playing days are over, but if he does get back wherever he ends up, definitely will always be a fan of Quincy McAdoo. Danny, let's switch it over a little bit to – Razorback recruiting, there's um, sure. uh, a lot of recent offers that have gone out, and you've, you've been on top of that, of course. It's it's that time of year. I, I enjoy January. It's kind of my month, believe it or not. You know, back in the day, it used to be just balls to the wall. You never caught a break, you know. Yeah. But nowadays, there is a little bit of a lull, and you can kind of get organized and, and start to look ahead. But And you have to because some of these offers are going out left and right. Uh, Jimmy Smith. You know, a couple of rumors floating again last week about South Carolina and this and that. Meanwhile, he's just out there offering everybody in the state of Georgia, you know. So I think that's a good sign anytime Jimmy's in Georgia. You've seen Mateos offer several uh, new 2025 and 26, uh, I want to say, offensive linemen uh, since he got over here. So, uh, yeah, I want to count 16, I, I believe, is the number over the last week or so. Uh, that could also include a couple that, you know, maybe the guy didn't report it or announce it yet. So they've been active on the recruiting trail. We can run through a couple of these real quick. Uh, sure. Jack Lange, of course, January 7th, uh, about 10 days ago now, January 7th. Jack Lange out of Eureka, Missouri, obviously took a trip to Arkansas this past weekend. So anytime you get that quick turnaround, visit uh, immediately following an offer that's that's got to mean something so we did have a report on jack people can feel free to check that out on the site but big time offensive lineman for that 2025 class got kd jones on campus last week trey recently offered uh just over the weekend he got his offer uh, showed up with several nice offers already 511 170 running back out of jinx jinx oklahoma you ever heard of that oh yeah yeah, yeah, he's got uh, he's got Baylor, uh, a bunch of SEC, Colorado, Kentucky, Oklahoma State, uh, Texas Tech. I want to say Oklahoma has not offered yet, so Utah's in the mix there. Really good player. Um, again, he's the 2026 running back out of Jinx, Oklahoma, and Jimmy Smith. Obviously, <clears throat> him being a running back, he was behind that offer. So. We've seen a lot of that over the last few days, a lot of 2027s, 2028s now, Trey. That makes me feel old, but I think that's the first (laughs) two 2028 offers that we've seen go out, and uh, those belong to Caleb Ivey, 2028 wide receiver down in Hampton, Georgia, Mm -hmm. Dutchtown High School, and uh, Robert Brown. Now, there's a name I can handle all day long on this show, Trey, Robert Mm -hmm. Brown. 2028 lineman out of savannah (laughs) uh christian high school down there so yeah i like kd jones and robert brown if we can keep those type of names coming i I think i could hold on to my job yeah why do you find out that brown has some weird pronunciation actually (laughs) (laughs) probably junior day coming up danny they've had one right they've had one already actually got a head start on it this year they started in december if you'll remember december 9th i want to say was a Mm -hmm. saturday uh, the second Saturday in December, 
And so far, buddy, it hasn't. We haven't seen just a stellar blockbuster type group come in yet, but they have had to, of course, in December and then uh, last weekend started the the run of three straight weekends here where they're going to welcome guys back to campus for junior days. And Mm -hmm. you mentioned it there, Uh, of course, this Saturday. Got a pretty good list going so far. We'll see how it changes throughout the week, but a couple of committed guys headlining that list. That's Grayson Wilson, your 2025 quarterback out of CAC. Uh, Been committed since last April. Tay Lockett, Bellflower, California, big-time safety at St. John Bosco High School, committed in August. Really impressive offer list. Uh, I know he's really young as of 2026. He'll only be a junior this next year, so um, you know, that was a big time pickup. He had Georgia, Florida State, USC uh, for a California kid, Miami, Oklahoma, you name it, he had it. So those two will be coming in. You got Grant Smith, one of Bobby Petrino's early targets. Everybody loves hearing about who Petrino's going after. Mm-hmm. Here's a 2026 20, quarterback out of Spring, Texas, Grand Oaks High School. He's got Arkansas, Baylor, TCU, and the Aggies of A&M so far. Um, want to throw in one more real quick. Troy Pless, P-L-E-S-S, 2026 offensive lineman out of Texas, Shoemaker High School. He just got offered last week. So here again, another quick turnaround. You get the offer one week, get him on campus next week. He's got Baylor and Texas Tech. Um, on that early offer list as well. They got a few other in-state types that they're uh, evaluating, keeping an eye on. So uh, we'll continue to add to that list as needed. All right, Danny. Anything else you want to add to uh, today's show? Who you got coming on, Keith? We got old Keith Grayson coming on. He's. Uh, <laughs> I'll step out of the way and let the man have it. Yeah, you're, you're going to want to tune in for Keith. I'm sure he's got some. <laughs> oh, I'll hang around. <laughs> All right, brother. Talk to you later. All right, man. All right everybody. That's Danny West again. You can follow Danny at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. Uh, Hog Sports. Well, X. We're saying X now. I, I, I deemed it. We're not saying Twitter anymore. It's X. So you can follow him at Danny West. 24-7 on X. I hear a lot of people say that different, by the way. Some people say uh, 247. Some people say 247. But it is technically 24-7, as in 24 hours, seven days a week. All right, let's go to Keith now. Keith Grayson is kind of a jack-of-all-trades. I believe Keith has now retired from um, from coaching high school football and focused on real estate and his Razorback fandom. But uh, Keith does a a great job giving us the fan perspective and uh, is always entertaining. This uh, Twitter handle, I've got to change Keith's Twitter Twitter handle. I don't know why I still have that old one, but he also still runs the uh, 4th and 25 Fund, which is a NIL collective that uh, is dedicated in a lot of ways to charity and stuff. Keith, my man, how's it going? How's it going, bud? Oh, it's all right. We're, uh, you know, talking this Razorback basketball game, obviously. I'm sure you watched that. And uh, just kind of a little bit of roster management with football. Uh, You know, obviously, Quincy McAdoo, um, our sources tell us that he is going to take a medical hardship, which is disappointing um, because he was off to such a great start with his career and just the way it it ended. And, uh, of course, we know on Terry Wells and then Eli Henderson and then um, Cole Carson expected to graduate early. So a little bit of roster news. Um, going on, but a uh, big win for the Razorback basketball team also. 
Yeah, I lost a hundred bucks. I've been fading the hogs. Yeah. Uh, won some money, so I'm I'm still up on betting against Arkansas. Well, I saw on Bet Saracen they were plus two and a half, right? Is that what you got them at? Um, no, I don't. I don't. I, I don't use that. Uh, I don't think you're, I get that. Well, you're you're out of state. Out of boundary. Bet Bet yeah. Saracens for everybody in state in Arkansas. You can't. Yeah. I don't think you can use the uh, the national ones in Arkansas. So, uh, Bet I Saracens. Use an, I, I, I use another one that will go unnamed, but yeah. did, and I know Danny already congratulated you on your uh, award. So what is it? Is it like a plaque or a trophy or a certificate or? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think maybe a. I don't know. I think maybe actually I think it's like a, a crystal, like a little crystal thing, something. But uh, it's nice to know people appreciate the work that I do and recognize that. But. Uh, you know, I think there's probably a lot of other people that could have won the award in the state too. So, so be honest. Like, how much do you use ChatGPT to write your articles? <laughs> I've, I've actually the only time I've done it, we wrote one article, maybe two articles, but I put, you know, how ChatGPT um, ranks Arkansas's all-time football players or something like that. That's I've never just done it like and just like acted like it was my work. I would never do that. You know that. I don't believe that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I have had some fun. Actually, you know, with ChatGPT, one of the things I've noticed, it's not updated. Like, so I couldn't go like, hey, and I have tried to do that, just see how it would do. Like, write me a preview, like a, a mock, like, you know, like a dream season type thing. Write me a mock game story for Arkansas's game against Oklahoma State. And it just, like, makes up the player names. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't have anything updated, I think, for the last couple of years. So everything's just, like, kind of old information. So kind of impossible I used to do it with that. uh and, and this has actually been pretty good for me and I, I am not anybody that's to give financial advice in in whatsoever but I always kind of punch in like what's the most undervalued stock right now based on this report mm-hmm. and it'll spit it out and for a paid site and kind kind of get past the oh is that right levels. yeah that's just interesting little, just I, I'm, I'm gonna try to bring some bonus information yeah. for the for the listeners a little outside of nobody cares about the uh you know who's getting year seven on the roster for the uh-huh. for the 4 football team i'll tell you where i've gotten kind of like lost a little bit like wormholeish is like on you know image generators and stuff like being like you can and there i think there are other better ones out there than them but you can like type in just about anything you want and like tell me and make it in a photorealistic or put it in uh you know do it like picasso or something like that and it will like create you know like all kinds of weird like a lot of it's really creepy like i did this like show me a like beaten and battered hog sitting on the bench in bud walton arena and it's got this muscled up huge razorback with just like like sores and scratches all over his body and it's like really well done from an artistic standpoint but it is super creepy but you can it's like, weird. yeah, you can uh, you can put all kinds of weird stuff in there like that. So, um, well, let's let's get to the meat of the conversation. So, okay, I know I used to always ask like, why am I on this show? I don't mm-hmm. understand. But now 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 I have a little bit of leverage. I feel like because there's I, I know I'm on the show now because <laughs> I, I think you freed up some cap space. So, uh-huh. what are we talking in terms of like financial compensation for having me on the show? So apparently, there's a ton yeah. of money in podcasting. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I guess I'll have to consult AI and see where you're moving the needle in terms of viewership or shows that you're on versus shows that you're not. I can tell you one thing that moves the needle for these shows is like when I put roster stuff off season, and that's you know that's a big focus of our show and you know, what we is do at Randy Hogs Rainwater Sports. listening to it on repeat and writing it all down. <laughs> that's not true. reading the newspaper on the radio. Oh, that's not true. Hey, hey so <laughs> yeah. 
anyway, that, that's that's all, that's all I wanted to know. I guess um, and maybe you can just can you just pay me in a in, in the form of a press pass mm-hmm. so I can get more access to the yeah. behind the scenes. Stuff so here here's an interesting story for people. Back in the Petrino years, I'm sitting in the press box looking over on the field. The game's getting close to ending, and then suddenly I'm just overcome with the smell of bourbon. And I look to my right, and there's Keith just, like, sitting there staring, like, not looking at me, just staring onto the field like he belongs there, where you had snuck into the press box, reeking of bourbon. I mean, I, I feel like – and I also feel like there was a when the, uh, the Cotton Bowl in 2011, I guess it was 2012, but after the 2011 season, I believe you also snuck into the post-game press conference there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and that LSU game um... – that LSU game, little known fact, if you get to the press box, um, I rode the elevator down with Tim Brando on that one, but on um, just me and him, real, mm. real, real awkward. But <laughs> in, next to the press, next next to the press box is the um, the play caller. You know, the the coordinator set up there in the box, and so I actually got into the. I, I don't know if you knew that part, but I got into the LSU box mm-hmm. and yelled at their coaches during the game. Mm. Um, so anyway, <laughs> wow. no security, no security up there whatsoever for anybody. That And and maybe I'll see you again this season, even if you don't give me uh, a press pass for for full full reign of the stadium. I I am getting season tickets again, and I will. uh, I'm trying to make five or six games this year, so I'll I'll just I'll 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 get around the security again. Well, that's a great. It's not that hard. You just you just put your phone up to your ear and uh, wear a sport coat or something to act like you're important. I mean, so much of it, Keith, is just acting like you belong, you know, and just. what did I see? I saw. I was watching a movie the other day, and uh, oh, it was. Uh, what's the? It's not Sherlock Holmes, but it's uh, Enola Holmes. Have you seen that? I watched it with my daughter. Um, it's got the uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Anyway, um, the dude who plays Superman is is uh, is Sherlock Holmes, and he walks into like a police station. The guy's like stopping him, like he needs to see some credentials or something. He just goes, "Don't be ridiculous," and just keeps walking. And I'm just thinking, I'm definitely gonna gonna use something like that at some point. Don't be ridiculous. Like, of course I belong here. So you're coming to some games next year. Are you, you possibly you thinking about going to Oklahoma State, maybe in Stillwater? So there's a span of games at the beginning of the season. You don't have to. I mean, it's like a 200 mile radius, and you can go to everything. I mean, so yeah. I was thinking about cousin Eddie and it down there, um, depending on my projects that I got, um, going on here. I don't know if it's, we'll see, but, um, retired from coaching. We'll see if I, I'm going to, I'm going to help, uh, our guy Alonzo Highsmith is up for some jobs up around in Phoenix and I'll, I'm going to help him, but not in that coaching aspect, probably not fundraising mm. for him. Yeah. I mean, well, you got Oklahoma state all well, it's at Auburn, Texas A&M's there. Um, uh, October fifth, oh, Tennessee. Reason, I the Auburn game was a home game, but yeah, they did yeah. change it. It was all TBA. Yeah, Tennessee. The, the October slate is is nice. Finally, you got Tennessee October fifth, and you get a bye week, and then uh, you could come in town for my birthday on October nineteenth. LSU. You I'll be. Well, I'll be forty seven years old. Jeez. Yeah, I'll be forty seven. I'm forty six now, so I'll be forty seven on October nineteenth for LSU. Uh, don't have the best record on my birthday, I don't believe. Um, you got Ole Miss November 2nd, Texas November 16th. I know you'll be back for that one. Louisiana Tech November 23rd. It's a great so home slate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a, And hopefully uh, I can get the seats that I've requested to upgrade. But, um, hey, so 
do you i know i brought it up on the board and it was pure just like um connecting dots or whatever um do you think Paul Petrino stepped down from his OC position in Central Michigan to to come over in some capacity with the Razorbacks? Have you heard anything with that? I have heard speculation on that. That doesn't sound like the craziest thing ever. I don't know why you would just step down without, like, you know, kind of announcing for another job, you know, if you're, yep. if you're Paul Petrino. So, from an analyst standpoint or something like that, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Um you know, there's other things I've been, like, speculating about. You know, like with Texas A&M has an athletic director opening, and I was thinking, like, you know, what if they looked at Hunter Juracek or something, you know? Like, so I, anytime there's an opening, I start thinking about dominoes that could fall. Or, you know, even if, you know, it's not that. I'm not and I'm saying it is. But if it's not that, you know, whoever Texas A&M hires, what domino follows after that? Kind of like this, the deal with, you know, Nick Saban stepping down domino 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 and you never know when it's going to circle around to arkansas and so yeah i always think about things like that but you know with the paul petrino thing it just feels like they might as well have announced him almost you know i, I would almost be stunned if he doesn't end up uh, back at arkansas now i have zero sources i never try to act like an insider but I, sometimes i'll just throw something against the wall and that's one of them but i mm. I, I just found it interesting when it came out and, the, and then, like you said the way that it was announced kind of left the door open for a, you know, maybe not a demotion, but taking a taking a step back mm-hmm. uh, because they're hey, none of those guys are getting any younger. No, you know, I I mentioned on to you on on another show. I saw Chris Sinkovich. He was like, he has aged rapidly. Well, Sinkovich <laughs> is just so, old. He's just older. He's been out of coaching. He's always been that. He's that guy that yeah. you know is. He's got four knuckles on his thumb because he's injured it so many times. Sinkovich, by the way, for those of you who don't remember, Chris Sinkovich is the he was wide receivers coach at Arkansas after Paul Petrino left. So always horse. He's yeah, just all always those horse. people that are always. He's horse. a good guy. Yeah, I always like Sink. He's a good dude. Yeah, um, I, think I sold his house. Oh, Vegas. did you? Is that right? Because he was at UNLV when he came to Arkansas. I really back in my. I'm, most good brokers have to be like a private investigator as well. So mm-hmm. it's slightly stalking, but yeah. Well, I mean, if you follow what's going on in coaching changes and stuff, you probably make a lot of money in real estate. That's not a bad Avenue really to think about because those guys are usually buying big houses, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean the Paul, Paul Petrino makes 150 K as offensive coordinator at central Michigan. They don't make the million dollars like they do in the sec. They make less than a position coach. So, an analyst, I would think, in the SEC will make anywhere from probably forty to one hundred and fifty k, depending on their experience level. Uh, I think that's about right, actually. So maybe it's you know in that sense, maybe kind of a lateral move for him. So as the as the roster as the roster gets finalized for, and I know it's we're in the middle of basketball season, and it looks like it may take form because Musselman's found his guide to to run the offense through now that Mark's completely healthy, but. Um, with with the football team and as the rosters kind of as we're nail, nailing it down, if you're looking at it from did we upgrade? Did, because so we woefully um, we we did not meet any sort of expectation last year and missed mm-hmm. by a long shot. We're off by five games of where we should have been probably in the win column. Where do you think this roster stacks up against the one last year that looked like it was laden with talent? That's a great question. We, so, so is this is so as so let's and I'll put it in terms of a real estate perspective. So, what people did here, and this is I don't even think this is correct math. They, look, I'm a chart guy. So they took out years 2008 to 2013 and said that didn't happen. 
what if it just kept on going at this rate, right? So let's just take out what if last year we should have won nine games. So if that's the and, and that was kind of the preseason consensus. Mm-hmm. So eight to nine games. So with this with if that season would have gone the same way, would this season be viewed as like a rebuilding thing or just another year of try to stabilize and try to, you know, get I don't know if there are rebuilding in season. Yeah, I don't know if you consider rebuilding. The only time I would consider a rebuild is like first year of a head coach because I never grade a head coach's performance on their first year. You know, if I did, then, you know, Mike Norvell sucks. Bobby Petrino sucked at Arkansas, you know. Um, So that's the only time now that I really think of a rebuild because you can go out and create the perfect roster through the transfer portal. I've kind of outlined, you know, what, how many numbers, you know, number of players you need at each position, and you can just go out and – do that you don't have to say like well we're really down here you know numbers wise if you are then you didn't do a very good job doing your job in the transfer portal uh I mean Keith it's hard to say like when you compare like to last year I don't know about nine wins. I think I picked them to win eight wins which was way off obviously made a, a bad hire with offensive coordinator uh underestimated how far along the offensive line could come and just really had some issues. There's still some players to add to this roster, but so much of it's going to come down to Taylor Green, Jacoby Criswell. I think it'll be Taylor Green uh, and these three offensive linemen that they've added. You know, I mean, like how big of an impact do those guys make? They've got weapons at wide receiver, good enough weapons. I don't know if they would say – if I would – I think Petrino will turn some of these guys like an Isaiah Satania into a weapon. Um, you know, obviously Andrew Armstrong is has proven himself as an SEC receiver. I think Jaquindon Jackson is – I think he can be just as good as Rocket Sanders was. I think he has so much ability, especially running between the tackles, a hard runner, a guy that plays through injuries. Um, I think that was a really nice addition for them. So, it's the offensive line. How good is Taylor Green? I think the offense is going to be better, right? I mean, it's Petrino, so we should expect him to be better. I don't think they just hit the ground running back when he first arrived at Arkansas, though. It took some time, some growing pains and stuff. But they've got to be better than they were last year. And then defensively, uh, I don't see any reason. You know, I think I want to see him add a a veteran linebacker. You know, I I think that you – could run into a problem that you had last year where you look at the offensive line and project these guys and say these guys you know are going to come along and they just ultimately weren't ready yet and I don't want to see them make that mistake at linebacker I like the guys they have I just want to see them add a proven guy there to the mix and secondary I think secondary should be just as good or better now I feel like the defense let go of the rope last quarter of the of the season and, and who can blame them the way things were going they just weren't getting any help from the offense uh, but the first three quarters of the season defense pretty solid I would take that defense you know especially with a Petrino offense so I think the schedule shapes up a little bit better you don't have that four game road stretch I don't know I'm kind of talking myself into what it's too early to make a prediction but yes I do think that they should, damn well should be better than they were last year and if they're not then this whole thing's starting over, you know. We're well, and I guess my thing is, you can kind of like back in the day when when a coach took over a program, his first year said, "All right, we're going to have a rough year and get a little bit better next year, and get a little bit better in year three, and then year four and be competing for a title, whatever mm-hmm. the plan is." Bielema always spelled that out. I, in talking to him, he he he, they had a plan of where they should be by year four and five, and you could project it. But all of that has changed now with you know yeah. the free agent market that we're in right now, and so. I guess my my point is like, it, not saying that Pittman gets a free pass by any means for last year, but going looking at last year and preseason, like kind of saying, all right, well, in 
after this, KJ is going to be gone. Rockets going to be gone. You kind of see like if everything went well, they would have jumped for the league anyway instead of transferring. So at least that was probably their their mind in in their mind. Mm-hmm. So where would you put it? Like what would the expectation be for this year? Or was it every year like now that you're saying it? Like if we have an NIL budget of ten million a year, you you better be competing for a twelve team playoff spot. And that's where everything changes too this year. I, I that, I'm more excited about that because of the playoffs that we had this year with a four team and expanding mm-hmm. that is going to be ridiculous next year. Um, and, you know, as Trey Biddy has always said that the NIL and the 12 team playoff will benefit Arkansas greatly. And then yeah. what we're, we're now it looks like we are, are uh, going back into the cycle of suck, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a whirlpool of suck now yeah. dragging us down. You know, I, I, I'm looking, I'm just, as you're talking, I'm kind of just looking over the roster. I would like to see them add another veteran defensive tackle, but I mean, Eric Gregory, Keeby Rose, Cam Ball, and Ian Jafard, I think is going to take a nice step forward. I, I like where they are at end. Um, Anton Junkaj, I think is a nice addition to go opposite Landon Jackson. We'll see on Jashad Stewart. Technically, Jashad Stewart still indefinitely suspended, which to me, means he's indefinitely still on the roster, right? Otherwise, they'd yeah. just be like, oh, he's actually not part of this team. So we run you know. some stadiums. Yeah. Um, I just, the linebacker, I mean, I I think they have a chance. I mean, I'm looking at the roster here. I'm not seeing like where I would say just like, wow, they just really dropped off dramatically, you know? I'm just not – and I feel like the offense is going to be better. So – to me, there's not really, really much of an excuse. see which direction the, the Petrino takes the scheme. Because, and I encourage everybody, if you're a football nerd and you're listening to this podcast, because you probably are, um, it, uh, would be a nerd for listening to this, you should definitely <laughs> pick up Petrino's. Petrino's book uh-huh. is incredible. It is a Bible of offensive play calling. It's his whole play. It's like it's mm-hmm. everything he's run. He talks, he goes through every period mm-hmm. um, of, of his tenure at, at Louisville, um, wherever. So Arkansas, Western Kentucky, he goes over all in diagrams, everything up. It is ridiculously. I mean, it's a, it's like four or 500 pages long and yeah. it's all diagrams. It is incredible to look at so and read through. So I definitely encourage everybody to, to if you're really lap to study stuff like that, it is a really good read and probably the off, best offensive playbook that I've, uh, or book that I've, that I've read through. What I've, uh, what I noticed Keith about Petrino when he was at Arkansas before is he did not care if you knew his plays. When we went, we would go through spring football, uh, and he would open up every single practice in spring football, and we would watch them work all their plays, the whole playbook. And when he had his show, um, you know, back when I guess people used to watch the the coaches show. When he had his show, he would get on the board. Uh, well, he had his clicker. He'd get on the screen, you know, and he would diagram and break down several of the plays and what they were trying to do, how it works, why it works, and break all that down. The thing where Petrino gets you is not so much that, like, you know his plays and stuff. It's that you don't know what he's going to call when he's going to call it. Just He just has a knack for calling something that you just don't expect. And we certainly saw that several times. Everybody remembers and talks about the Cowboy go get it play, and um, you know the play that they ran against LSU to to Joe Adams over the top against uh, the Honey Badger before he was, I guess, known as the Honey Badger. Um, but plays like that, those were where Petrino gets you. Now he wasn't letting us into practice game week, you know, because they're coming up with their script and all those kinds of things. But during the spring, he just opened up the whole thing for us. I'll, uh, you know, I I know. 
kind of people's eyes glaze over when I say things like this, but I, I had a chance to talk to him when he first took the job and I think he was in year two or, um, and he came out here on a recruiting visit and we we're watching a basketball game with one of the recruits and I, he, we spent the entire game, the player got, his recruiting got ejected. And so he didn't really have anything to watch else, else better to do. We didn't, he signed with UCLA anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, he spent the whole thing. I asked him questions about how he attacked Saban's ripple is match coverage. Mm-hmm. And he it was an hour and a half and I had no idea what it, it was all about playing basically the leverage of the defender and how he's trying to get somebody to match up is, you know, a guy like Satania to match up on the nickel who's now that, but there's been obviously advances on defense to counteract that. But um, if you can get a linebacker on a, on a slot, then, um, or the person who's going to benefit the most from this is Luke Haas. I mean, I think that that's, I really am excited that he's coming back and he is going to be an all American. I mean, he's, I don't think we've seen the best. I don't think we've seen near the best of Varkey's gums either. I I think he's another guy that could really step up. I had an idea, Keith, just now. We were talking about books, and I I, I think you should write a book. And it's the title of the book is "How to Worm Your Way In," because (laughs) you, you know, we've already talked about uh, you know sneaking into certain areas, and like I think you were down on the field for that uh, Cotton Bowl. Also, it, it snuck into that, snuck into press conferences, snuck into the press box. Uh, you you have had you have sat down and had dinner, I believe, with with Pittman. You just told us about how you wormed your way in with with Petrino. Oh, that, that's the name of the worm, book. Worm, worm is not maybe it's not a, it's a, not an endearing term, but it's a catchy. It's probably it's a, Grub's brother autobiography, <laughs> maybe or whatever. That, uh, you know the backstory. Anyway, so yeah, I know um, Grub. <laughs> I, maybe maybe I, I don't I don't know if I would say that. And now I got you don't money. like the title. It's a working now, title. Now I have, now I have money, so watch out. It's now I'm gonna, <laughs> now I'm gonna. You want to you want to talk to some guy that had yeah. confidence, you know, too much confidence when he was broke. Mm-hmm. Wait until he's new money. You know. So. <laughs> you're telling me you 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 wouldn't go into like a a Barnes and Noble and you see this sitting up on the sh- on the shelf and it's and the title is big letters worm your way in. You wouldn't take a look at that you, book. You know me well enough. Do you think I've ever been into a Barnes and Noble? <laughs> well, so I mean, you go I on high uh, school with a one point seven GPA yeah. at a Rock Central. <laughs> you go on Audible. You're scrolling through Audible. You're looking at books to read or listen to. I don't know. <laughs> All I right. am. I am. So with with that being said, mm-hmm. I am. I, I I have. I in my notes tab, mm-hmm. I have a a little thing jotted down that I've been working on called Cooper's Orbit kind of a spot in little rock and uh i I have a note to reach out to some of the people that are way smarter than me and more more creative um to to do something about that spot nobody is listening to this show right now right nobody (laughs) Um, this has gone off the rails we've got 242 people watching it live right now all right well it's better than some okay well um yeah I, i definitely uh i like i like creative writing i've gotten away from it i used to my hour used to be on the board maybe i need to bring that back a little bit yeah but so. I, I love writing well keith it's been just a not pleasure. worming my way not my, i'm not worming my way into success my success has come from uh I'm, I'm decent at math and i'm really good at financing things and i will ask anybody for help and uh i've worked seven days a week since i was 14 years old yeah. um and you know, we're being from Arkansas. I know a dog Arkansas from time to time, um, but I wear that on my chest with pride. And and I've worked my ass off my entire life. And that's why we're friends because you do the same. 
Yeah. And I surround my people. I surround myself with people that are dedicated to things and growing businesses and doing things in a very uh, blue collar mentality in a, in a white collar world. And that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I hear you, man. I feel the exact same way. And that's the way, dude, Danny, Danny West. I mean, same salt of the earth people. Yeah. Danny's a dog. He doesn't respond to anything I ask. He never (laughs) responds to me one time. A group thread is just me, a bunch of blue uh, things coming messages from me. Nobody responds to me. Guys here. Well, Keith, it's been a pleasure as always having you on. Thanks for the insight, fan perspective, and just the banter overall. It's always fun to talk. All right. See you next week, buddy. All right, brother. Talk to you later. All right, everybody. Keith Grayson. Don't follow him at Keith Grayson underscore because that's not a working Twitter account. I got to update that, but uh, certainly loved having him on. Loved having Danny West on, of course, to provide some insight. And I want to thank all of you guys for watching the show. All of our subscribers at hogsports.com. If you're not a subscriber, go check us out for $1 right now for your first month. Find out all of the Razorback offseason news at hawgsports.com. All right, everybody. For Danny West, for Keith Grayson, this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.